0: I spent with Beatrice prowling the lukewarm waters of the spiraling archipelago as the feared pirate corsair, known as Black Sail, were good to me. During these years, I was able to further uncover secrets and artifacts which would aid me in my ascension to lichdom. However, time inevitably marches on. And of course, I eventually had explored all the leads I was able to uncover throughout the archipelago, except for one a massive temple complex devoted to some ancient long forgotten god sunk beneath the seas during a terrible earthquake unleashed upon it by one of the long forgotten sorcerer kings against his rival who claimed this desolate stretch of the great archipelago as foretold by the seven of spades this would likely be my last adventure within the sprawling archipelago which had been my home now for more than a decade. By this point, Beatrice was referred to as the matriarch. No longer as young and spry as she once was, her usefulness to me and that of her pirate corsairs had begun to wane. As she was more interested in enjoying her ill-begotten gains instead of investigating and uncovering more artifacts and other secrets dispersed throughout the world. With little information I was able to uncover about this ancient ruin pointed to it having been dedicated to a strange demonic sorcerer being known as Acheron. This Acheron was apparently being worshipped by some individuals belonging to one of the long-lost empires. And whether out of jealousy or a desire to show off his might, or perhaps just general hubris, the powerful, long-forgotten sorcerer king who sunk these ruins of Acheron below the waves, vanquished this demonic sorcerer. However, there are still many rumors of a long-forgotten danger lurking beneath the waves in this remote region of the spiraling archipelago. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Role, the solo role-playing podcast where I, your host, player, and GM Herocities, play role-playing games for your listening pleasure. First off, let me apologize for the length of time that has unfortunately passed since I was last able to record and publish a podcast. It has been kind of a rough start to 2024 so far for me. Not only was I called in at the last minute over the holidays into work, But while I was overseas, I also picked up some sort of respiratory virus, which laid me low for about a week and a half. And then on top of that, a couple of days ago, the furnace went out in our house, which would normally not be terrible, but we've been experiencing record cold weather with temperatures below zero degrees Fahrenheit or around negative 20 degrees centigrade. Suffice to say that the first two weeks of January have been a little bit rough. And if I sound a little more husky or my voice is a little strange, it's because I'm still getting over this stupid respiratory virus, even though it's been about a week and a half since I first fell ill. Anyways, just wanted to make sure that all y'all who listen to the podcast are aware that A, I'm doing okay, and B, the podcast is not going anywhere. As I've said before, I really enjoy solo role playing, and this podcast has really helped me to explore this hobby of mine to even greater detail. Anyways, my little sob story aside, we're diving back into the solo role-playing game Lichdom as we follow, well, what is actually journal entries being recorded by Varrock, the not-quite-yet-imperishable, on the eve, I guess, of his ascension, his hopeful ascension into Lichdom. As always, I have been greatly enjoying using... This rules-light system, which involves a deck of cards to tell a story, with occasionally a few roles here and there, but it's definitely more of a quote-unquote journaling exercise than a solo role-playing game that focuses on more or less traditional role-playing, like Iron Sworn, for example. Anyways, I am happy to be back and able to record yet again for the podcast. And as always, I am hopeful I'll be able to maintain some sort of semi-regular publishing schedule. But apparently, life just doesn't want me to get into any kind of normal routine. Anyways, as always, thank you so much for listening to the One Guy, One Role podcast. And without further ado, let's get into it. As I was preparing to set off on my expedition to uncover the sunken temple city dedicated to a sorcerer demon once worshipped as a deity called Acheron, Beatrice surprised me by requesting an audience aboard my ship. It had been many, many years since the, well, Corsair Queen herself had been on board my ship. Long past being able to smell it myself, I could only imagine what the horrific stench that accompanied my ship wherever we sailed. Countless experiments and stacks upon stacks of rotting corpses, some of them animated, some of them not, cluttered the interior of my ship. She demonstrated her adversion to my vessel, merely with a wrinkle of her nose and a twitchy eye as she came aboard and visited me in my captain's quarters, which I more or less shared with the only other mortal aboard my ship, the murk Felbon Rathlow. With a raised eyebrow and a cocky grin, she successfully determined my intentions to, more or less, abandon the Corsair fleet after my expedition into Acheron's temple. I was expecting some sort of resistance from her, some sort of extortion or an attempt to threaten me in disdain with the fleet, as she had done to other captains in the past who had attempted to go rogue. But no, instead she, well, didn't ask, but told me she was coming with. That her flagship would accompany my own, the dreaded black sail, deep into the forgotten reaches of the spiraling archipelago, and we would uncover this mystery together, something we had not done since the vanquishing of the Chimera so many years ago. When I asked her why, she dodged my questions, and at the time, I suspected her coughing was due to the horrendous reek aboard my ship. However, I suspect it might be something different now. Some sort of disease had taken hold of Beatrice, and she wanted one last adventure before she was unable to do so in the future. It took the better part of a year for us to locate the long-forgotten, sunken ruins of the sorcerer-demon demigod Akron. Much to my surprise, Beatrice followed through and insisted on joining me beneath the waves For me it was not so challenging a relatively minor sorcery transforming my lungs into those of a fish allowing me to breathe the water and of course my undead minions do not want for air at all i underestimated the technology or perhaps better said the vast stores of archaeology of artifacts belonging to a long forgotten age Amongst these treasures, a metal suit of armor, a suit of armor which fully encased the wearer with a glass window attached to the head, allowing one to see out, and a long, semi-rigid tube leading back to the surface, drawing in the precious air from above down into the suit below. When I first saw the suit, I wondered how the rather diminished and slowly withering woman would manipulate the huge metal suit. However, once she slipped into the waves, the air being drawn from the surface by some piece of archaeotech driven by crystalline, somehow allowed the suit to have a negative buoyancy in the water, allowing Beatrice to move along the floor of the ocean with seemingly no more effort than she would along the deck of her own ship. So on a rather sunny and warm afternoon, we slipped below the waves and descended down into the long-forgotten temple complex of Acheron. Little did we know exactly what kind of horrors we would find down here. What kind of long-forgotten monstrosity which had either been drawn or summoned to the demon so many ages ago. We explored the sunken ruins of this long-forgotten temple and discovered something strange down here. Numerous nearly countless statues of different creatures animals humans demons some crumbling others fully intact their features chiseled with such precision and care that they almost seemed lifelike their open mouths almost making a sound of a blood-curdling scream to match the look of horror upon their face before long weaving in and out amongst the countless statues of this place. A trail of bubbles leading from the strange suit of armor donned by Beatrice floating lazily back towards the surface. The slanted light of this place played tricks on one's eyes. It almost seemed as though the statues would occasionally move when you weren't looking at them. Planted off as just a figment of imagination the density of the statues increased as we made our way towards the towering temple situated at the center of the complex. Sitting on a chair made of brass, a statue towered above all the others. It must have been the demon Acheron itself, staring blankly across what was once his unsubmerged domain. Unfortunately for Beatrice, excitement overwhelmed her, and she plotted ahead of myself and my undead minions who struggled to make their way, being bloated with water and trailing bits of decay that stretched out far behind them. Coming around a blind corner, I discovered something strange. A statue wearing a metal suit of armor. A suit of armor which no longer released bubbles back to the surface. A statue whose face was nearly a mere image of that of Beatrice. Wait, it was Beatrice. Something had turned her to stone. Something which was still living amongst these ruins. A creature who had lived here since the fall of Acheron itself. A creature I had no experience with but had heard about in legend. A demonette with snakes for hair and a gaze that could turn living flesh to stone. A worthwhile foe for my undead army, who as they shambled past, I merely popped their eyes out one by one, feeding the unblinking orbs to the swarms of fish that trailed behind my army, feasting upon the decayed remains my now eyeless horde descended into the temple, and although the demonet fought fiercely, one by one the snakes were ripped from her head, her eyeballs gouged out and torn apart. The demonet was no more, and soon it dawned upon me what happened here. This demonet was likely summoned by the sorcerer king and turned Acheron to stone before his once mighty realm was sunk below the waves. There was nothing left for me here. The final mystery of the spiraling archipelago was solved. Beatrice was gone, and her once mighty Corsair fleet descended into infighting and chaos, never to arise to the same level of power they enjoyed under her iron rule. Finally, at long last, it was time to leave the high seas and return back to land. I still needed to collect a few more powerful artifacts in order to undertake my ascent into Lichdom. And with my power having grown so, I knew it was time to undertake the most dangerous quest to date. It was time to visit the renowned libraries of Verheu, the smallest of the city states. However, despite its small size, Verhue is well-known for their acceptance and understanding of the magical arts, mainly due to the existence of the Library of the Sequestered Mystics. This library sits at the center of Verhue and can date back its founding to the time of the great sorcerer kings. Entry into this elite organization is tightly controlled by the circle of sequestered mystics themselves who unfortunately consider the art of sorcery as a perversion, as a force of destruction that led to the sundering of this world. Unlike the much more powerful and destructive magic of sorcery This circle of sequestered mystics instead rely upon more esoteric means, relying upon everything from herbs to divine prayer to druidic magic and everything in between in order to accomplish their ends. If I was to gain entry into this most prestigious institution... I would first have to disguise myself as a practitioner of sorcery and then arrange a meeting and present something powerful to the circle, something they would keep for themselves as a one-way ticket for my entry into the library. However, first I would need to somehow make contact with the circle, to somehow make myself known to them as a practitioner of magical arts, but not that of sorcery. And after a couple of months, my plan came to fruition. I had established a web of contacts and informants throughout the lesser libraries within Verhu. One of these contacts informed me that a master of the sequestered mystics was visiting their library in order to browse their collection of rare handwritten books. Through this contact, I managed to be present at the library at the same time as this so called master of the sequestered mystics, known as Iomi. Little did I know that this master Iomi was a practitioner of the ancient lost art of divination. A seemingly silly magic to me in which one looks through pools of various fluids in order to tease out the future, the present, or the past depending on your needs. Whether divine or some other kind of esoteric magical art, I had long dismissed it as presumptuous as weak. However, this Iomi seems to have known who, or at least what I am. Or perhaps they knew nothing of it. Perhaps they just got lucky. Perhaps they smelled something on me. Now, well over a century old, my life is nothing more than a collection of life-enhancing spells as I grow yet more weary and stretched thinner and thinner across this frame. Either way, I engaged with this Iomi upon the steps of this other library. At first, my attempts to woo the master appeared to be working as they led me out promising me access to their great library of the sequestered mystics in return for one of the artifacts in my possession. However, it was a trap. Master Iomi attempted to ensnare me using a web of fate, tried to trap me in an ongoing circle where I would repeat the same day over and over again. Pure luck saved me, for at the same time tried to ensorcel me, one of the scribes belonging to this lesser library came running down the steps, tripping and falling into the circle repeating the process over and over before our very eyes. And Iomi, with their eyes wide open, attempted to barter with me for their life. And I, in my rage, turned my necromantic abilities upon them, draining the life from their corpse, which lay withered and nothing more than a husk upon the steps leading to the library. I was now known within this city. I was now labeled a murderer, and perhaps even worse, as a sorcerer. Lucky for me, I was now able to absorb powerful memories along with souls at the same time. The powerful memory that Iomi kept hidden within themselves is a deep, dark secret tightly controlled and protected by the circle of sequestered mystics themselves. A journal belonging to a long-dead sorcerer. An associate, in fact, of the man whose journal I possessed. A man trying to become immortal. A man embarking upon the quest to achieve lichdom. A counterpart to the half-completed notes I already possessed. Something that would allow me, hopefully, to successfully complete the ritual of lichdom. Yet another truth to achieve my ultimate quest, a truth embodied by the Ace of Hearts. Deep within the heart of the library of sequestered mystics, below even the sprawling wine cellars and twisted catacombs that lay beneath their library, lies a realm far older even than the city of Verhu itself. A cursed necropolis, a place now just populated with worms and the ghosts of those who came before, a group of necromancers, a group of sorcerers that once lived in the area. Within this necropolis, the circle of sequestered mystics found this journal. This journal, inscribed on human flesh, was deemed too powerful to merely destroy, and is currently held in ongoing stasis in the heart of the library, constantly attended by a chanting master. A master who upholds this stasis field using the mystical arts of rhythm and song. Or so Iomi believed, at the very least. I now knew I had to collect this journal, and I began to undertake a years-long plan. A plan which involved burrowing, digging, and chiseling my way through the very foundation of Verhu to perform a legendary heist and recover this invaluable journal. I will spare you the details of the next few years, but... Using my cunning and the witty charm of my right-hand man Felban, I was able to utilize my minions to dig, to scrape, to burrow their way into the long-forgotten and abandoned cursed necropolis upon which the library of sequestered mystics was built upon powerful long-dead spirits of mages and sorcerers inhabited this dusty and forgotten hole and using my now unparalleled powers of necromancy i raised them from the grave they swarmed up through the cracks in the stone through the gaps in the wall and took their revenge upon these so-called mystics who inhabited the world above spilling out like a tidal wave they overwhelmed the mystics guarding the tomes above and they spilled out into the city bringing inevitable downfall and doom to this once strong city-state of verhu having no sorcerers to protect them from the undead was their own folly and i once again victorious in my plotting held the journal within my hands And I walked through the city above, the ghosts of the necropolis now free upon the world. And any living creatures that once resided in Verhu now extinguished, their light snuffed out. The city was now mine if I wanted it, a fortress of my own, a place where I could conduct my research in relative peace at least until word spread of the destruction I wrought here, because as ever, the representatives of him, as always, are hot on my trail, attempting to corner me and extinguish me, just as the army of ghosts did to this once vibrant city. Perhaps I would encounter my brother, or whoever leads the High Templars now. The order of him would need to be vanquished before I could ever hope to undertake my ritual of ascension. Although, within this human-bound journal of a sorcerer, long dead, long forgotten, contained a very important key to unlocking the ritual of lichdom. It described that a soul trapped in this world can offer other souls in return, thus preventing the abandonment of its mortal body when it stops functioning. And while I certainly knew this already in theory, The journal then went on to detail his experiments with animals and other living creatures in a way that uses crystalline to trap one's own soul and utilizing another in its place. This crystalline would then house your soul, allowing you to remain conscious of what's going on. And by inserting this crystalline back into your now dead body, would theoretically allow it to continue to function and rise again as a lich. Using the knowledge found within my original journal, which detailed how to extend one's life beyond normal means and preserve a body, combined with the new knowledge found within this journal, I had a complete picture of how ascension to lichdom would theoretically be possible. Further experimentation was needed, and I also needed a defensible layer of my own, within which I could perform the ritual, within which I could protect my body during this transformation, within which I could come to rule the world as Varak the Imperishable. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of One Guy, One Role. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast and follow along with our story of Varrock as he attempts to achieve immortality through the process of becoming a lich. I had a great time making this episode, and things are really starting to come together. We now have two truths, or aces, from the deck of cards, which means we can now attempt, if we want, to undertake our ascension into Lichdom. The more truths you gather, and the more companions you have, and all the other positive cards you collect throughout your journey, makes your role to ascend to Lichdom at the end of the game easier. While I'm not sure that will necessarily happen next episode, I am thinking it's time to wrap up Lichdom and move on to something else. And drawing that second ace today really solidified that feeling for me. Anyways, I've kind of come to the point where trying to predict when the next episode of the podcast will come out is so difficult with my work and then with all the other crap that's already happened this year. However, I am hopefully going to get another episode recorded and edited next week before I have to go back to work again. So hopefully y'all look forward to listening to the next episode because I know that I've really been enjoying making content and exploring the world of lichdom. Anyways, as always, it's my pleasure to provide this podcast for y'all to listen to ad-free and with no sponsorships or anything like that. And that is possible for me to do exclusively because of the generous support of my patrons over on patreon.com slash one guy, one role. Thank you so much for your ongoing support which literally makes this entire podcast possible. Anyways, a huge thank you to Master JL, Journeyman James, Journeyman Matt, Journeyman Nick, and of course, Apprentice Jesse. Thank you so much, you guys. Once again, this whole podcast is only possible because of you. And of course, everybody else who tunes in and listens to me ramble on a couple of times every month. Thank you so much. Your support means everything to me. Once again, I've been Hero Cities, your host, player, and GM of the One Guy, One Role podcast. Signing off. Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.